Locally sourced, hand-picked, and craft-roasted news every morning with Joe Thomas in the morning and all day on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. Joe Thomas in the morning on this Ted's Day morning. You heard it all before, but I'm going to say it again. Time is running out. The means justifies the end. Everybody knows you got to get the big old stand. I'm going for the throat. Voting is the hypodermic needle of the government addict. This is, this is, I would argue, inarguable. Voting is the hypodermic needle of the government addict. If you read Liquid Democracy, Charles Dodson, who also wrote some fiction under the uh, name, uh, I was going to say Emmett Kelly, <laughs> it was a clown, no, it's uh, 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 Lewis Carroll, um, so the same guy, and, and this is what all of these folks, like the Arizona governor, who is now um, through her Secretary of State's office, which she used to run, uh, telling the illegals in her state that uh, they can vote, provided that at some point they provide some documentation, but they'll, they'll be allowed to vote, and if they don't have the documentation, well, then you can only vote in the presidential election. Yes. Those are stern measures right there. This is, this is Barry Goldwater's home state. And to be fair, Barry Goldwater had fallen prey. Have you ever seen the Barry Goldwater documentary? Barry Goldwater's kids make Barack Obama look conservative, and it's sad. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Oh, this is Matt. How are you doing this morning, um, Matt? I wanted to kind of broaden your concept. Of American exceptionalism. Okay. In in that America, the United States, is a country that is founded on ideas and ideals. It's not, if you look at the countries of the old world, China is full of Chinamen. Germany is full of Germans. France is full of the French. Um... Well, it used to be, at least. And the U.S. is not based on an ethnic group or a tribal group. It is based on the idea of individualism and liberty. And fine, you can come here if you want, but... Leave behind a lot of the ideas of being a Frenchman or being a Mexican or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're coming to the U.S. as an individual, not as a Frenchman, but as an individual, as yourself. Mm -hmm. And you are entitled to whatever you can pull together out of all of this. Well, I... And and I appreciate because the the scope is and and at the end I think you and I are manifesting in the same thing. It's 
your individual pursuits um, are what make you diligent and hardworking and make the workforce. The American exceptionalism as a phrase uh, was meant to refer to our economic output post-World War II. Everyone talking about the American economy kind of drove the world. And it was because we could pick and choose. If I didn't like the behavior of a company, I could leave and go apply my trade for another company and uh, that I believed in, that I, I had more faith in, that I didn't think was corrupt or on the take or, you know, for whatever reason, failing. So the, the, the workforce, and, and I think there's several midwives in this afterbirth uh the union movement is certainly to blame for an awful lot of this um the the recalculation of the way wall street operates in the mid 90s is plays a big role in it this is why um without divulging too much here um i've learned quite a bit about venture capital over the last uh, few months and and i'm watching some friends of mine who may lose their job in Richmond Radio because a company I used to work for named Entercom, uh, now called Odyssey, because they all changed their names probably at some point through a bankruptcy filing, is back in bankruptcy court. Because when I left Entercom in 2001, their stock price had dropped from $55 a share to $50 a share. It's, it's, it's selling right now. I think it's been delisted by Wall Street, by the Dow Jones, because their stock is selling for less than a dollar a share. And, and here's the problem. So I've talked to a lot of these folks, and they won't, they won't give you money unless you can outperform a treasury bill. <laughs> in the world of investment yeah. and and radio though profitable doesn't do that in in the way that venture capital right now wants to flow so our companies are are merging our companies are disappearing and then you've got this crazy uh, department of labor uh, policy that was enacted arbitrarily on Tuesday that will stop anyone from being an Uber or a Lyft or, you know, and I'm not sure how far moving this is in the gig economy. Uh, I'm wondering if, if somebody who rents their house out on VRBO is applied to this. But if, if you drive an Uber, you have to be an employee of Uber now. You can't be a contractor. If, if you do accounting work or if you write a news story for a university, uh, you can't be a contract employee anymore. You have to, you have to be hired and employed, which, which requires a 6% payroll tax and then another 6% on top of that plus insurance and all the other things. It winds up costing a company if if they're paying you fifty grand, it almost costs them a hundred grand just to employ you. And and are you returning that investment? There are so many things that have crippled this, and it's all based on this this addiction to voting. And you talked about you know, uh, coming here and putting aside <clears throat> your your native land, whether you be a Guatemalan or a Tanzanian or all these people we see walking here from their, their faraway lands like China, um, you know, these folks who are in Arizona that Katie Hobbs is going to let vote in the next election, they have no connection to any of what we're talking about, Matt. They They have no connection to all those things that you just laid out that a legalized 
newly minted citizen to this United States probably knows better than a, a natural born native born citizen to the United States knows. Uh, but they don't have that connection. So there's like, oh, I get to pick whoever's going to give me the most stuff. And this is how the democracy addicts take over the government because they just say, listen, Vote for this guy, and you're going to get more money every month. Vote for this guy, you might not get any money at the end of the month. Oh, well, I'm going to vote for the money then. Uh, and that's how these illegals who are going to vote in Arizona are going to screw the election. Because last time I checked, I mean, based on legal citizens, Donald Trump was leading Joe Biden in Arizona's elections if they were to be held today. Um, but if you get a bunch of people who aren't even citizens voting, um, they're going to vote against Scary Orange Man, who's going to, according to the zealots, send them home. So, so that connection to why we're exceptional, though wonky, I think is very important. Well, I, I think part of what we're talking about here is the idea that you know if the federal government is outlawing what I would call freelance work mm -hmm. um, that gets us back to the complaint you've made frequently about the state of Virginia itself it's a mother may I situation yep now now the federal government you know I mean there were times in my life when I was working two and three jobs, and some of them were just, you know, I'd pop in, I'd photograph a wedding, and I'd pop out again. Mm -hmm. um, I was making money at it. I didn't have anybody controlling me at it. Now the federal government is, oh, no, 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 no. You can't have that extra source of income yep. because that makes you less dependent on us Absolutely. And any, anything that takes away state or federal control, in my mind, is a good thing. <laughs> and in their mind, is something that should be outlawed. Right. Absolutely. Before I came here, I was, I, I was working three part-time jobs, uh, one for Metro News Traffic and, and Weather in Philadelphia. Uh, so I was doing news and traffic reports for all these radio shows in Philadelphia. And then I was answering phones for a call-in talk show in Wilmington. And I was doing top 40, you know, music DJ, you know, till midnight. And then my wife would pick me up and pour me into the seat of the car and I'd fall asleep as she drove me home. Um, but it was the only way we could survive. But you know what the funny thing is, is it was actually saving people money on my unemployment insurance because this was money I I didn't need the unemployment insurance to pay me, and it helped me survive an extra two or three months until WCHV came along. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, this is this is the whole aspect that we are going through of just mm. living in this this kind of fantasy. We're living in this this fantasy that. $34 trillion in debt doesn't really mean anything. No, not anymore. Um, we're living in this fantasy that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. We're living in this fantasy that, well, the Chinese, they're, they're competition, but they're not our enemies. All of these things are fantasies. The, this idea that Islam is the religion of peace. No, it is the religion of submission.
And that is how you get peace, by submitting to Allah. But we have to, we have all of these fantasies foisted upon us. And we're just supposed to accept them. We're just supposed to accept them the way they're supposed to accept, oh, I can't drive an Uber on my own anymore. Oh, well, that was a nice gig while it lasted. Um, and you yeah. know, part of you you bring up something that I, I mentioned yesterday as well as part of our analysis of everything going on, and it's that the that as a as a body of people, Americans are to a point, and I think we're reaching that breaking point. We're adaptable. Okay, well these are the rules. Now I'll go figure something else out, uh, and we go and dust ourselves off and go figure something else out. But quickly, we're running out of things to figure out. I think we're running out of places we can go to figure things out. And and the danger here, and maybe Janati is better to talk about this because he was kind of coming coming here through it. But just before the collapse of the Soviet Union, if you remember, and I know you're a keen consumer of this stuff, Matt, um, Mikhail Gorbachev was trying to reform the Russian economy to privatize parts of the Russian economy. It was actually... Um, is that, and I'm trying to remember, if that's what perestroika is the, the, the Russian word for, but it was, it, it, they were trying to reform and liberalize and, and privatize parts of the Russian economy because the black market had become so prevalent. It, the, 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 uh, the free, the government controlled marketplace was so dead and so desolate that almost all the work being done in the Soviet Union towards the end was being done by the black market, and he was trying to well, reform I mean, that. One one of the things that Gorbachev was good at was figuring out what direction everybody was running in and then getting around in front of them and trying to convince them that he was leading. <laughs> um the Russian people were the ones that were driving the black market. Right. Well, and that's and, and driving the reformation. Gorbachev simply accepted the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and tried to manage and, it. And, and that was his and, mistake. And, because when he tried to manage it, it just collapsed. Mm-hmm. Well, it was going to collapse anyway. Mm-hmm. It was going. It was going to collapse because the whole system, the whole system was designed and built on this concept of we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us, which is where uh, we're going, and that's why I spend every morning doing this because we're running headlong into something that we don't even have to guess is going to happen. Yeah, but this, but this gets back to your, this gets back to one of your favorite phrases of is it a flaw or is it a feature well and And it's control and this is why you know and and um we talk about the world economic forum and 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 it was it was a problem for me for a while i said why are these rich people all you know part of this global socialism and then i realized me lenin had all the rich people on his side and Mm -hmm. and caesar you know it, it the the communist mindset protects the the oligarch class and then brands the middle class as the wealthy and tells the poor 
that those are the ones they should be fighting with. And that's exactly what we're seeing manifest here. The middle class, the, the small business owner, the, the entrepreneur, the, the gig worker, the contract worker is the rich guy. Maybe you own a house, you've yep. scraped together some money. And the destitutedly poor, which the government continues to gin more and more up and then will let a couple of million of them across the border as well, they're being told by the government officials that the greedy rich people actually the middle class are their problem come on let's help you know to redistribute that abundance uh, amongst us all yeah it's it's a it's a perfect case of let you and him fight um but paul thoreau back in the 70s wrote a short novel called half moon street and one of the features in that was a dinner of these Davos elites in which they started arguing as to how many people there were on earth and they came to the conclusion that there were about 5,000 because to the Davos crowd there are about 5,000 that matter the rest of us were just cattle fought you know cannon fodder for them we shuffle the money around on the deck here, uh, and and at the yeah, end of the day, the house always wins. And you and you see that now with people like Klaus Schwab, who is a real life Bond villain. Um, and if they had a and, good PR department in, in Davos, if they had a good PR firm at the World Economic Forum, could you pick somebody worse to be the? the <laughs> No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I mean, you might as well call him Blofeld. Please, can we get... Yeah. I mean, not that the woman who's you know really pulling the strings under Trudeau II in Canada is, is any great shakes, but at least she's not a Bond villain, per se. Yeah, well, but I, I think a lot of this has reached the point where they don't care about the image anymore. Hmm. They think they have enough power that it doesn't matter if people look behind the curtain. It doesn't matter if people can see what is really going on. Because in their mind, it's too late to change it. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I was reading online that uh, they gave Ray Epps a suspended sentence. Yep. For his participation in the January sixth farce, but he wasn't and, set up by the FBI or anything. To oh God, no, no, no. That's I think it. He was one of the FBI people setting people up. But uh, no, I that's mean, uh, is, that's a conspiracy the theory. But the, but the suspended sentence. He you know, he he amongst all the other people who have gotten you know a thousand days in jail without seeing the inside of a courtroom. We're supposed to believe Ray Epps mysteriously is the magic defendant who you know all of a sudden oh no he's he obviously is you know, didn't do anything wrong i mean come on now guys yeah. uh, i must run to the news my friend always a good conversation all right four, three, all right you take care joe always four three four nine six four one zero seven five Stormwatch will reset and uh, check in on the schools and the power outages coming up being tuned in means joe thomas now lars larson at six Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Have uh, still be uh, still looking for 
Power Restoration Central Virginia Electric Cooperative does not have an estimate on restoration. Started about nine. 30 last night and they're still working on it eight hours later um there's another couple of hundred in the shannon hill area buckingham county hit very hard as well uh there's 1600 residents in and around dillwyn and then a few more uh, just north of there without power and all of this without any sort of restoration estimates it's much of this plus the flooding on the roads which we'll get to in a little bit that have caused albemarle county schools to declare a two-hour delayed opening for today 12-month employees i guess that's the full-time ones uh two-hour delay also uh, Culpeper Schools, two-hour delay. Fluvanna, Green, these are all two-hour delayed openings. Louisa, Madison, Nelson, and Orange County Schools. Buckingham County Schools, because of the severe damages in and around there, will be closed today. Uh, Kangaroo Preschool is on a one-hour delay. Lighthouse Christian Preschool opens at 9. Park Street Christian Preschool opening at 9.15. And uh, Westminster Child Care opening at 9. The Lafayette School is going to be on a two-hour delay as well. In this Stormwatch update, which you can check in, especially on the list of closings online at WCHV.com, traffic, as I mentioned, dominated by flooding in and around the area. Carpenters Mill Road at Matthew Mill Road uh, closed uh, before water and it's receding very slowly. Blenheim Road, Secretary, in between Secretaries and Glenhour. Um, Ivy Depot Road in the area of Dick Woods Road. Buck Island Road in between Martin King's and Milton Road. Chestnut Grove in between Irish and Porter's. Mountain Vista Road at James River Road. Campbell Road at the Louisa County Line, Durrett Ridge Road at the Albemarle Green County Line, uh, all closed due to flooding right now uh, and still uh, trying to get that water receding. Of course, we uh, the Watts Passage rescue yesterday as a reminder of uh, why you don't drive into uh, running current water over the uh, roadways there. If you do see a tree come down with the winds, VDOT reminds that they have a toll-free hotline, 1-800-F-O-R-R-O-A-D. Chainsaws and operators are standing by. Delaney's forecast this Ted's Day morning brought to you by Top Notch Family Pharmacy. Your CBS 19 weather authority forecast, partly cloudy today, a stray shower possible in the late afternoon and evening hours. Breezy once again with sustained winds anywhere from 15 to 20 miles an hour, gusting up to 30, highs in the lower 50s. Tonight, mostly clear, lows approaching 30, and for your Thursday, mostly sunny, unseasonably warm and dry, highs in the upper 50s. I'm CBS 19 meteorologist Delaney Thorpe for Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. Joe Thomas in the morning on this Ted's D. You can re- return your cover to its rightful place now. Uh, and please, you know, return to your seated position unless you were driving. And then I hope you didn't try to stand up there. Uh, lots to get into this morning. Today's the day the General Assembly goes into session and we all become just that much less free in the Commonwealth because there are a bunch of people there, as Creedeeds told us yesterday, they're looking for ways to improve your lives, which is the classic lie 
as if somebody outside of you, how, how many people got past the age of 30 believing that somebody else could improve your life for you? And I think the number increases year over year over year. We'll get into uh, that. The Arizona vote for illegals, Denise writes in, she said, my God, when I heard Lars lay out the details, isn't this just what they did with drugs, Joe? Uh, so what uh, the Arizona governor says is, sure, it's not legal for you to vote, but wink, wink, we're we're going to decriminalize non-residents voting, especially in the presidential race. And you don't think elections have consequences. And everyone who is like, oh, this is just mean, and you know, why don't you just accept the results of the election, God darn it. I present to you People's Exhibit 17,000, Arizona. And do you think if the governor was different, this would be happening? Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Hey, Joe, it's Clark. Hey, Dr. Clark. How are you doing this morning, sir? Well, I'm doing great, Joe. How about you? Um, well, you know, I love my life. I, I love my rights that God gave me. I wish I had a government that remembered its job was to protect them. Uh, and I'm working on trying to get it back. That's all. Well, we're just going to say happy clangers. Hey, going back to the conversation with Chris, he made the excellent point that Klaus Schwab et al. are like Bond villains. Mm-hmm. Now... Aren't they, Spectre? I mean, really, at this point, Spectre doesn't seem so much like a fictional organization anymore. Not nearly as malignant when you look at the WEF, is it? So, (laughs) if that's the case, why hasn't M called in a double-knot spy to do something about this? See, this is the secret. See, in, in the real world, the Bond villains work for the government, not against the government. Well, I would say that M and Q and Moneypenny now work for Blofeld. Wouldn't be, wouldn't that, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do now since they technically killed James Bond in the last movie. Wouldn't that be a great story arc? Can we get the Broccoli family on the phone and, and suggest that the final Bond movie is you find out that M and Moneypenny, they've all been working for Blofeld all along? Well, I don't know about all along, Joe, but the last 15, 20 years for sure, maybe 30 or 40. Oh, what a what a great Bond story that would be. I don't even care who you cast as it. It could be the ghost of Daniel Craig. I don't care. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe, maybe Bond's just eliminating the competition. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, such a great thought. Boy, you, you know, and I thought I thought weird thoughts at early hours of the morning, Dr. Clark. My goodness. Stuff you can come up with when you get up with early. Hey, one more thing, Joe. The Democrats will tell you the truth if you listen to them, but you have to listen. Yeah. What did Michelle Obama tell us about the government providing things? She told us a lot of things. The one I'm fixated on is when she said there's going to have to be a fundamental reorganization in how America works. Well, yeah. She told us just the other day, people need to understand that our government provides us with everything. Now, when you look at the Democrat rank-and-file point of view, 
she's spot on. Well, she and her they husband. Want the get, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, she. I mean, her husband said it very clearly. You didn't build that. Come on, Doctor Clark. You know, you didn't build that. Somebody built the veterinary school you went to. Somebody, somebody built the Marine Corps camp you and, uh, trained up in. Yes, and to their target audience, they are correct. The people they're talking to didn't build anything. Now, the government can't give the people they're talking to anything until they take it from the people that did build it. Mm -hmm. But in this this case, I'm going to nuance that because I'm going to jump back to Matt's conversation. See, see, you know, and and Lenin did this and Stalin continued it. And and to be fair, Robespierre did it. It's not new uh, dictators. When they take power, Hitler did it, the real one, not the one Joe Biden was talking about. They they protect the wealthy, the ones who really did build things. They protect them. And then they go after the middle class people and, and, and tell the destitute and the poor that the rich people in their country are really the middle class. And those are the ones you need to go after. Well, you're getting... On to my thing of collectivism, socialism, Marxism, I don't care what you call it, has never failed. It's always been tremendously successful in concentrating a lot of power and just a few people with the expense of everyone else. And do they fit us against one another? Yes, by the conference. Absolutely. Because there's way more of us than there are than Dr. Clark. Well, well, Mr. Clark, I expect you to hang up the phone in this local. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Ever feel like the feds just raided your home office and took everything into evidence? My lawyers have not. You still have us. Suggested I ask what documents they were. WCHV. There's nothing to stole. Come along if you can. Come along if you can. Take a ride to the land inside of your mind. Beyond the seas of thought, beyond the realm of what, across the streams of hopes and dreams where things are really not. Joe Thomas here in the morning. Thank you for joining us on this Tedsday. How do you get uh, an elected majority of people to vote for somebody who says you can't take care of yourself? Flood the marketplace with people who don't know what their role is supposed to be. This is what millions of people who are not citizens of this country are all of a sudden being told, sure, you can vote. Absolutely, you can vote. You're here in America now. Liquid democracy demands that wherever you are, you get to vote for things. This is why uh, the liquid democracy zealots will say that college students should be able to vote both in their homes where they're residents and at their college campuses because it's important where they are. They're there for 10 months out of the year. Joe, my God, why shouldn't they have a say in, in who gets what from the taxpayers? Gosh darn it. kind of cruel soul are you? Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Hey, Joe, good morning. It's Charlie. How are you? I am doing great, Charlie. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Got a couple things I want to bring up. Um, as you know, Fox has been hosting the Republican candidates uh, Some of town them. halls the last couple of nights. I think Trump's on tonight. Yeah. 
one question that never gets asked to any of the other candidates is why do you think Trump has so much following? What makes this guy so you could arrest him and he still has the following? They'll never ask another candidate that, Joe. Well, you know, and it's interesting because the Democrats will love to tell you it's because he's Hitler. And that's their new Trump. You know, they, they went full on Hitler uh, on January 5th when uh, the president, and then again uh, just this past Monday when the president is comparing President Trump to Hitler and Mussolini and all the other dictators of America. I'd like to think that at least half the country realizes now the first rule of Saul Alinsky is accuse your opponent of the very thing you're doing. But we'll get into that in a second. I think part and parcel of the reason they don't ask them that is they're trying to make them look good. They're doing PR for these people. Uh, I hate to take you behind the curtain on this. And I, and by hate, I mean I relish the opportunity to. They're being paid to do these. This no, is, uh, that, that's, that you're 100% right. And, and everybody should know that. It's just like Nikki Haley. I'm not picking on her, but I'll use her for example. I would love to see her tax return two years before she got in politics and what her tax return is now. Now, you and I know how much money government workers, even at the highest level, make. How does somebody accumulate all that wealth, Joe? Well, the, the same way Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton did. See, see, here's the secret. And, and the smart ones, and I'm not saying Bill Clinton is a smart one, but he's a slippery one. Um, you know, you set up a nonprofit, and then you don't make any money, but your nonprofit does. And and this this becomes the gag: is the Clinton Foundation, with its horrifically anemic pass through rate, is the example for all these people. So anyone who's dumb enough to get caught with all the money, like a uh, uh, like this Menendez guy from New Jersey with gold bars in a jacket in his closet, I mean, you got to be dumber than a bag of gold bars to to actually think you're going to get away with that. Set up a nonprofit that endow. Scholarships to a half a dozen kids from underserved communities, and keep all the rest of the money yourself. And, and that's what Bill Clinton should have taught everyone. But uh, you know, these these folks are, and it may not just be the the folks. I'm sure the campaigns have kicked into it. But CNN is being paid by the Republican Party to hold these debates, so they don't want anyone looking bad uh, during them. And uh, you know, does it does it serve an end? Yeah, I, I think it serves it serves to create chaos. I think it serves to diminish. You know what what President Trump is trying to say. Uh, even in you listen to the way they're covering his hearing yesterday. His hearing, you know, the the anchors are saying he's arguing he should have sovereign immunity from prosecution for trying to overturn the election. He never tried to overturn the election he wanted a full thorough accounting forensically done to make sure the election results were what they were but they call it trying to overturn the election probably because they know that if you had done a full thorough you know vetting and canvassing of these uh, election results you would have found the election results overturned. I mean, gosh, the people in my industry have been so infuriating to me. Every time I think I can't get mad enough at other people in my industry, I I wake up in the morning anew and find all new reasons to not want to be a member of this club that I'm a member of. 
Joe, that a United States senator, I think, makes $185,000 a year. Something like that. Do you know that there are chief of staffs for United States senators that are paid half a million dollars a year? Are they paid that, or is I mean, because I, I know that there that, is a that's pay their scale. Compensation. <clears throat> no, for chief of staffs, there's no pay scale for the. It, I think there's a pay scale for what the senator can pay them with government money, but there's nothing saying that you can't pay them more from your so-called money. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, there's there's personal service contracts. There used to be a lot of firewalls against that kind of stuff. And then I remember some left winger saying, "But you're stopping us from getting the best and brightest in government service." By no, I, I hear that all. I hear that all the time from UVA, and I can tell you, being an end user of UVA material, I can tell you that's not a true statement. <laughs> They're not getting the best and brightest, really, for all that money? Well, it's okay now. No, no, you've got, each one of them's different, like every other human being. As but to lump be. them all up to say that they're the best and the brightest, i got to tell you, I can show you equivalently that's not true. Charlie, it's always good catching up with you, my friend. God bless you. God bless. 434-964-1075 is the phone number. Emails come into joe at wchv.com. But that's, that is the, the, the essential crime is this idea that everything is up for a vote. But the first and foremost thing, and we're going to visit with Rick Santorum in the 7 o'clock hour, uh, former senator from Pennsylvania, um, one of those guys that I was very friendly with while he was in office, and it's good to catch up with him since. Um, yes, he's one of those folks that I was friendly with when he was in office, and I haven't talked to him since. You know, Like I said, I can count on one hand the number of people who stayed friends with me after they left elected office. And there are moments where I can count those people on one finger. I won't tell you which finger, but I can know it's the index finger. But, you know, there are very few people in elected office that are there to serve and to protect rights. And we need to get back to a place where the simple job of government is to protect your God-given rights from other people. Period. Joe Thomas in the morning and a couple of emails from the coverage so far this morning. Our friends are caring from cancer coming up. Illegal aliens voting. Even we peasants, Rich write in, writes in, knew and rang the bell that the scheme all along was to have millions of non-citizens from all over the earth to vote for global communism in U.S. elections. Again, the question arises, where have Yunkin Mayares been for three years and where are they hiding now? Well, it hasn't happened here, but let's see what comes because one of the constitutional amendments that the General Assembly is uh, appointing 
Uh, it would expand voting access. And this is all part of the liquid democracy bull extra, bovine excrement, Rich, um, that this Charles Dodson character wrote back in the late 1800s. This is all part of the fever dream. You, you, we talk, we talk a lot, lot about how Jefferson and, and all these folks were part of the Enlightenment, Locke and Voltaire, and they were, and Jefferson was just a devotee of their philosophies and and Franklin was just sort of the guy who could make the money so you could get it done, you know, and he was the fundraiser, but Jefferson and, and Madison and Mason, these guys were enlightenment thinkers. Well, then, you know, 150 years later, we have the, you could call it the unenlightenment. It's the technocracy movement. It's perhaps, organically speaking, the natural ebb and flow of a tide. So the enlightenment says the individual is sovereign. The technocracy movement comes back and says, hell, no, they're not. Have you met most people? And talk to a technocrat. Talk or read their work. It is basically, y'all are idiots. Y'all are idiots, can't trust you with anything, so we're just going to have to do it for you. And let's face it, we've all worked with people that are small manifestations of that. The manager at some business you're in that just storms in and takes over every project three quarters of the way through because you're not doing it the way they were going to do it. The micromanager is just a, a, a street-level urchin creation of the of the technocracy movement. The technocracy movement writ large is a societal movement of y'all can't handle this. Y'all are screwing it up. So they, so this ebb and flow, you know, the enlightenment says people are brilliant and the center of the universe and should be free. And then the technocracy movement says, hell no, that's a mess. Screw that, we're taking over. And that's who Charles Dodgson is. Charles Dodgson wrote the philosophy called liquid democracy. And it, it was one of its cornerstones is wherever you are, that's where you should be allowed to vote. You should be allowed to vote where it's important to you. And and you can actually sell your vote. You can you can lease your vote out to other people. It's crazy stuff. He also wrote a little bit under the nom de guerre, or uh, is it nom de guerre the right phrase, or the pen name, uh, Lewis Carroll. Joe Biden and, and more importantly, Valerie Jarrett and all these people and the Obamas and all these folks are either the, the workmen for or the progenitors of a political philosophy from the same mind that gave you Alice in Wonderland. And that should not surprise you at all. So that's why the Arizona governor is like, sure, sure, if you're here, you can vote, because that's what liquid democracy demands, wherever you are. It's the same stupidity that says UVA students, wherever they may be residents, can vote here in Charlottesville. But Joe, voting, no. And I, and I said it before, and several of you are like, oh, Joe, don't use drug uh, drug metaphors. Oh, I said, voting elections are the hypodermic needle of the government addict 
I don't have the Carville clip at my fingertips, but he, when he was railing on about Christian nationalism, he's like, why, why Mike Johnson himself thinks uh, democracy is two wolves and a sheep having lunch. No, that's not the expression, James. And you know that's not the expression. It's three wolves and two sheep voting on what to have for lunch. We are addicted to government, and elections are the hypodermic needle from which we get our fix. That's how these dealers like Mark Zuckerberg come along and and sell us our smack. All the news, weather, and traffic you need anytime, all day, every day. Being tuned in at Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.